Here it is. Welcome back to the show. This is the ADF Underground brought to you by All Day Football. What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris Akomi Chouse, welcoming you back to another episode. Week 10. Can you believe it? Week 10 of the NFL season is underway. We have a slate of games, a slew of games on Sunday and Monday. I am excited. I think this is fantastic. Thursday Night Football was a good matchup. I was expecting a whole heck of a lot more from the Tennessee Titans, but I mean, overall, the way it started, the way it finished, I mean, it was a great contest. The Colts, if you missed it, the Colts won 34-17 on the strength of two uh, uh, big plays. Uh, special teams blocked punt, gave them a uh, Gave him a touchdown and uh, a shanked putt, punt Excuse me, that went 17 yards that led to another score. I mean, that was basically the difference in, the, in, in what changed the entire game because, I mean, the Tennessee Titans were up 17-13 to 13 at halftime. And, I mean, that was it for them in the second half. They just couldn't get anything going. I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway I wanted to discuss coming out of that game, I mean, we know the stats, we know the numbers. Uh, uh, the Indianapolis Colts are one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. But, I mean, they are legit. They are very, very good. Dominating on all sides of the ball. I mean, it was just, it was fantastic what they were able to do. And, I mean, I was always on board when they signed Xavier Rhodes in the offseason on that prove-it deal because I believe that Rhodes had something left in the tank. I just think that he needed to change the scenery uh, more more than anything when he was in Minnesota because he was getting burnt on, on a regular with the Vikings last season and the year before. But, I mean, DeForest Buckner, I think, think is the biggest difference maker on this team it allows Darius Leonard to do things that he wasn't able to do the season prior um, I, I think uh, so much attention is put on DeForest Buckner on that line that it just it rounds out the entire unit as a whole I mean the biggest story offensively was Naheem Hines Naheem Hines again he goes off he has two touchdowns massive day in the receiving game five for one, uh, 45 scored there he also got one in, um, on the ground he went 12 carries for 70 yards he caught or ran a touchdown in as well very very sound game but I mean Philip Rivers he was good too I mean he didn't turn the ball over was sacked only once he was 29 for 39 308 and one passing touchdown I mean not not great for fantasy football but he wasn't terrible he was definitely serviceable so there's a couple things I want to take away from the Colts before I jump into the Titans so it is the lack of usage of Jonathan Taylor and this has been a hot topic. I mean, if you're on Twitter and you see this, you get it. You understand why. If you watch the game, you see it. And this has been my complaint on Jonathan Taylor the last several weeks. It's not that he doesn't have talent. I mean, everyone's already on the sell market being like, sell Taylor. He sucks. He's the next addition of uh, Trent Richardson. And I mean, you couldn't be further off from the truth. This guy is still young. He's 21 years old. He's a rookie in the league. He's understanding how to play in the NFL. But it's just not... It isn't put together the way I believed it would have been at this point of the season. I mean, we're in week 10. You think he would have figured it out by now. He truly hasn't. And 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 I think I mentioned this on another show. It was the fact that in college, his issue was fumbles. He had over 900 carries, and he had 18 fumbles. I mean, that was the problem. And then that's kind of where I went to saying the coaching staff would have drilled this into his head, saying that if you're going to be fumbling the ball, you're going to be riding the bench. 
He's had, I believe, one fumble or two fumbles this season. I mean, nothing crazy. So he has he has improved in that department, no question about it. But but you can tell he's very hesitant when he's when he's running the ball. I mean, it's like when he hits the line, he's running right into his own lineman, which is very confusing because I even went back this week after actually after that game, I went back and and I reviewed more tape on on Jonathan Taylor. I dove in uh, pre-draft on his film and he was uh, a, a baller. I mean, and, and everything he was doing, he was uh, patient in after he got the ball, he would find his holes. He And then once he found the holes, he would one cut and burst down. And if that hole wasn't there, he would bounce it to the outside we don't see this at all from Jonathan Taylor so far this season and that is puzzling to me I don't understand why it's not there yet for him if if the game is moving too fast for him that he just can't see it um, if the offensive line I did see the one where he it was a short yardage play I believe it was fourth and one or third and one and they had Jonathan Taylor in and he hit his own uh, he hit his own line again like it was a brick wall but the the offensive line, I mean, to, to give a little bit something for Jonathan Taylor, the offensive line didn't have a whole heck of a lot of push, and, and that could have been as well. But, I mean, to recognize it for Taylor to actually bounce that out when you have the opportunity I think is very important and something that he's going to definitely have to learn because it truly isn't there. And at this point, I mean, when you got Jordan Wilkins stealing your carries and, and Naheem Hines, he has earned a, a massive role on this club. I mean, uh, the difference is with Hines, they're going to game plan against it. We've seen it. He goes off one week, and then the teams understand the game plan against it, and then he puts up a dud. So Jonathan Taylor is the back that you want to go in this offense, but at this point, I'm I'm very cautiously optimistic. His his rest of schedule for the fantasy football season is glorious. I mean, the matchups are there to, to burst and blow up, and I just haven't seen it. I'm curious to know if he will. Um, but right now he is a very worrisome player. And Michael Pittman, another rookie, he returns to the field. He is seven of one, seven catches for 101. He had a very good day. Very good day. Average catch was 14.4. That's exactly what you wanted to see. He had eight targets. So, I mean, Phillip Rivers was looking in his direction. He is a very sound player. My, uh, my evaluations going back to uh, uh, the uh, pre-draft was to that of, uh, I believe, he was a, a slimmer, more shifty Plaxico Burris. Um, the difference between him and Plaxico, I mean, they, they share a same similar body type. Plaxico was a little bit better put together at, at the, uh, around this time of his career. But, I mean, he's tall and slim. I mean, very good speed for a big man. The jump ball is automatic. We haven't seen that yet in this offense. We haven't seen Rivers do it. It's been more. I even saw Pittman play in the slot last night. So, I mean, it, it, it is warranted that if he can actually play in the slot, and it's 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 good because he is he has slow burst off the line, off his released but he is very fast for a big guy he's very fast so once he gets that ball his yak yardage is going to be there he's got great hands and like I said so the slow burst is there so maybe the slot is the play uh, uh, to put him in and I want to see more red zone targets where they're actually throwing up that jump ball for him because I think that will be automatic in the NFL as well when we talk about the Tennessee Titans I mean Derrick Henry is the is the main back of course 19 carries for 103 but it was a difficult 103 there was there was points in that game where I was discussing with some of my colleagues that, you know, 
we were texting via phone, and I mean, it was it was tough because you really wanted to see Derrick Henry take over the game, and and he was getting big carries. I mean, big chunks of yardage. But when you really require Henry to actually take over the contest, we didn't see it in this one. And I and I get it. I mean, you're facing the Colts defense, who is top notch against the run. I mean, it, it is a very tough task. He still got a hundred yards. He didn't get tu- a, a touchdown. He was vultured by a, a foreman. Uh, which kind of sucks for fantasy football, but I mean the pass game just wasn't there either. They couldn't get the play action pass, and this is this is what's predicated upon the Tennessee success. They need to run the ball very well. They need to set up the play action pass. AJ Brown put up a dud. He was one for twenty one. I mean that's just a dud and a half. Corey Davis was a good one. He had five for sixty seven. Prayers up to him. I mean we we heard that his brother had passed away. Um, I believe the night before, and he still was able to suit up. You could see him. He was uh, shedding tears on the sideline during the national anthem. Feel bad for him. So I mean it, it, kudos to him. He came out. He tried his best. But I mean the Titans game just wasn't there. And the, I mean they they were they were playing well in the first half, and then when those turnovers came, this, that. That bodes a lot to me to suggest that this team cannot play from behind. I mean, we haven't seen it very often yet, and I'm, I'm not saying that's the certainty, um, but that's something I saw in this contest. When they fell behind, when the chips were down, I mean, everything just fell apart, and they weren't nailing anything on on with any chemistry. The plays were, were shoddy at best. They they went away completely from what, what their offense was. So I mean that is something to to look at. And if, if the Titans continue to falter offensively and if they get uh, 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 they fall and they don't have the lead, I'm curious to see if they can come back in contest. So I mean that game was good. It was it was a good contest. I of course got it wrong on the point spread. It was a pick'em contest. I took the Titans uh didn't come to fruition so I start the week off uh, on a on a bad note on that respect. So jumping into Sunday, we have a full slate of games like I'm mentioning. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up up against the Carolina Panthers. No Christian McCaffrey in this one. He hurt his shoulder. He went for a second opinion. Never good when you have to get a second opinion from another doctor saying how what your injury is. Um, I was hoping it was going to be a stinger. They haven't said anything yet. I, it could be an AC joint sprain, which could be bad. I mean, from the respects of the passing game. If he's going to be a receiver, I mean... Playing with an AC joint sprain, if that's what it is, is very difficult. It would be very hard for him to even lift his arms. Uh, uh, but from the running perspective, he could he could play uh, essentially with an AC joint. But again, I'm speculating. We don't know. I didn't hear any word that it was that type of sprain. But he is out this week uh, for precautionary reasons. They're going to play it safe with him. Um, maybe it's at this point I'm hearing a one to three week injury. So that's something to keep your eye on. When it comes to this offense of Tampa Bay, they were absolutely roasted by the New Orleans. Saints last week they uh, I believe it was 38-3 was a score they and Tom Brady they will be coming out hard this week no question Tom Brady will not sit on his on this defeat from the uh, last week and this is another division contest that they desperately need to win the uh, the Panthers are three and six this is basically their season if they don't win this game I mean they can likely kiss the playoff hopes goodbye I just don't see it with Teddy I, I really don't. I mean, he's played very well. They've integrated Curtis Samuel in this offense, which has looked very good. Um, I don't know. I, I think Tampa Bay's defense is still very sound, very solid. This is this is the day I want to see Antonio Brown do something. He's had an extra week of practice. He got his feet wet in his first game back. This is what I want to see, and I think chemistry building will be will be had. I think that Tampa Bay would have had a massive practice week. I think Tom Brady would have rode these guys hard to say, you know what, this is unacceptable. This is not how we play football. 
But again, here's the problem. We have too many mouths to feed on this offense. And until they actually understand and get those roles identified on this offense, that you are this, you are that, and you will be used in these situations, I think Tampa Bay will continue to struggle. You can't have the uh, dream team of sorts play um, without understanding what your role is because essentially Mike Evans, uh, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin are the similar same type of player. They are uh, uh, literally they could be wide receiver ones on any team. We know this. So how you uh, maximize the talent with uh, usage and chemistry this, this is this is going to be seen, and if, if Tampa Bay can't get it right within the next couple weeks, I mean, they could be in trouble. We, we could see that happen. I really, truly believe that Leonard Fournette needs to be the guy on this offense in the backfield, and Rojo needs to be the number two. I think it gives this offense so much more uh, 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 flexibility because uh, Fournette is just a much better wide receiver. We know Tom Brady loves to check down when the pass isn't there, when the deep pass or intermediate pass isn't there. We know this. And, and Leonard Fournette is a great safety valve, great safety valve. He caught 70 balls in Jacksonville last season. So if 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 it was up, up to me and I was on the coaching staff and I was Bruce Arians, this is what I'd be angling for. I would, I would, I would dedicate the schemes and the systems each and every week to only two players and, and run with Leonard Fournette and have Rojo as your change of pace back. And I think that would do wonders for him. I took the Buccaneers in this contest. I believe the spread was sitting at five and a half when I took it. I am taking the Buccaneers in this one. Teddy, I mean, I just don't see it. He was held to eight points last time these two teams played uh, fantasy football-wise. So, I mean, it's a not a good start. Uh, if you if you need a win, you need high upside. I'm definitely suggesting Antonio Brown. I think he is a good day player. Leonard Fournette. I really expect him to finally get back in the end zone in this one. I think it could happen. Um, but the the Buccaneers, in my opinion, will take this one and they will ride on to victory. Next contest I have is the Houston Texans and the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are favored right now, three and a half points. It's a it's a tough spread. I took I I think I had this spread at three points. I took the under. Only because I believe that this Houston offense still can score with the best of them. Yes, this defense is terrible. I mean, they're not getting it done. I feel bad for guys like J.J. Watt. He's still struggling. He's trying to make plays happen. But, I mean, again, the the woes are the secondary. <sighs> I mean, it's such a tough thing, and, and, and it's still frustrating to witness. I mean, at least they've expanded the, the passing offense to be uh, with Brandon Cooks. Now you have Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. They are eating basically every single week now, which is great to see for fantasy football. The running game is a complete, uh, I don't even know what the word is. I don't want to say garbage, but it but it, it, it's, it's a big letdown. It's underwhelming, I guess is the best way I can put it. David Johnson will not play in this contest. He is in concussion protocol. Duke Johnson gets the start. I'm curious. I hope he does well. I've always been a Duke Johnson guy, Duke Johnson fan. I think he's got a lot of talent, a lot of skill. I think if they utilize him properly in the pass game that can open it up, I think if they use the speed the way they do properly, he won't see a stacked box, and he can do very well against this Browns defense. But, I mean, they are pretty sound against the run. I'm not overly convinced with them in the pass outside of Denzel Ward. I'm a huge Denzel Ward guy. 
I, I think he's going to be on uh, Brandon Cooks for most of the day. So I'm, I'm really believing Will Fuller is going to have another fantastic day. Coming off the bye, Nick Chubb is supposed to return. I just saw word that he is a game time call or he hasn't, sorry, he hasn't been activated off the injured reserve is what it was. So he will be a, a, a late addition to the, to the field. I saw him practicing this week at limited capacity. So, I mean, he's ready to roll. I don't know what they're waiting for uh, to bring him off the IR. Baker Mayfield was in COVID protocols as well, so he missed a, a, some time in practice. So that's something to watch as well. Do I believe the Browns could win this game? Yes. Do I believe it's going to be by three points? I, I could see a one-point contest, one- or two-point game. I mean, this is what Houston is good at. They have the lead, and then they let it go. So... I, I like the Texans. They just they got to continue. They got to continue to move forward and and use the players they have on the field at the best possible way. I mean that's the only way you're gonna win. For the Browns, I mean, does Austin Hooper now become the number two behind Jarvis Landry? We'll see how it shakes down because I mean after a bye week they should be more prepared. But we'll see how that one goes. I'm taking uh, the spread under. Still don't really want to pick a winner in this contest because I could see both pulling this one out. The Washington football team facing the Detroit Lions taking travel to the Motor City. This is going to be a good one. I like this one because it has a lot of fantasy viability, a lot of talent on the field. Uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, again, will will uh, coming off his benching, he's going to have to have a much better showing. I mean, no question. He's going to have to do a lot better. But again, he was coming off the COVID uh, uh, list, and he lost practice time. So that's kind of why I had the opinion of Baker Mayfield the same way, because Matthew Stafford just wasn't right last week. And now you're going up against a Washington football team who has a fabulous front seven, great defensive line. It's going to be a tough day. I mean, the offensive line in Detroit isn't great, hasn't been great for so long. I am putting DeAndre Swift on my cautionary sit list this week only because that line is so good in, in Washington. They will they will make it very difficult for them to have the run. I think if they're going to run, Adrian Peterson is the way. They need that dog, that one with the heavy, uh, heavy shoulders, heavy pounding to get through the line. I think that's going to be the way. The only way Swift, in my opinion, gets uh, fantasy points is going to be in the PPR game, maybe on a goal line carry. Outside of that, I mean, you're, you're really risking it uh, on yard and he will be touchdown dependent in this contest. No Kenny Galladay. Again, that one hurts. I saw Hawkinson is a questionable, so watch that on the injury report as well. We have Alex Smith starting now, so poor Kyle Allen. How many of these Washington quarterbacks can go down with a broken leg? I mean, it's just a curse. This team has the Joe Theismann curse. I mean, I feel bad for the kid. It was, it was, uh, it looked unintentional. I think it was Jabril Peppers who, who his legs swung as he was falling to the ground, and it just, it swung with so much force that it just snapped the ankle of Kyle Allen. Gruesome injury once again. But uh, Alex Smith is back behind center. This is a return. He played not very well last week I mean he threw three interceptions didn't look comfortable in the pocket whatsoever but he was able to support some talent I mean we had JD McKissick have a big day Terry McLaurin is still feasting feasting every week he is unguardable this guy can go up against the best in the business and he is making plays every single week how can you not love Terry McLaurin just a baller what it does do for me in this game for fantasy football is Alex Smith is captain checkdown, and we know this. I mean, outside of the days with Andy Reid in Kansas City where he opened him up and he was going deep, Alex Smith is most comfortable finding the quick out, finding the check down, and then moving the chains that way. J.D. McKissick saw 14 targets last week. 14! That is incredible. 
It is peculiar, though. I don't understand why they aren't using Antonio Gibson in the same fashion. I mean, Antonio Gibson is a wide receiver converted into a running back. Why aren't they doing this with Gibby? I have no idea. But all in all, this raises McKissick's value this week. I think he is a good flex play, has the potential to put up RB2 numbers this week. Uh, the spread in this contest was a little bit peculiar to me. It was, I think, a four and a half for the Lions. I took the under in that as well. I think Washington will be very good um, in this game defensively, enough to keep this score close by a three-point game, if not pull out the upset. Next game we have is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Poor Jags going into Green Bay, playing the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Minus 13 points. I'm taking the points in this one. All the way to the bank. Aaron Rodgers, there's no way you're going to disappoint me this week. There's no way against this Jacksonville Jaguars team. So I'll preface that as well with this Jake Luton, this rookie that comes in. I mean, Gardner Minshew goes down with the injury. Coach Doug Marone says, okay, Jake Luton, you're the, you're the next guy up. We want to see what you can do. He did damn well last week. He threw for over 300 yards, threw a touchdown, ran one in, had an interception, but he looked good. He looked good. His rating was uh, over 90%, 26 of 38. He wasn't bad. He was not bad. And this is for a guy that was a late-round draft pick, if not undrafted for rookie free agent. I'd have to look that up and confirm. But, I mean... This offense, he wasn't scared. He was throwing the deep shot. DJ Chark had a massive day. First play of the game was a 73-yard bomb for a touchdown. No Jari Alexander. So, I mean, do I believe that it's going to happen again this week? I don't. And, and it's simply because this is how the NFL works, especially when you have a new quarterback who has a capable arm. They need tape on this guy. They need tape to understand how to attack. I mean, Houston Houston is what they are. They couldn't adjust. The defense isn't great. They played Houston last week is, is where I'm going with this. They didn't adjust in-game enough to stifle and stymie what they were doing, and Luton was still able to find ways to, to gash the Texans. But, I mean, in this contest, I mean, you have uh, 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 the defensive coordinator. I can't remember his name. Um, former Buffalo Bills guy, Rex Ryan guy, and uh, Petten. Mike Pettin, I believe his name is. He is a blitz specialist, and he is going to bring the pressure on this young quarterback. They would have dissected the tape to see his tendencies, and he is going to blitz the hell out of this quarterback. No question. He will do that. He will make him uncomfortable. Okay, The only player that's really viable for me again this week is going to be Robinson, the running back. I think he is still pretty much... Uh, it's hard to say. I don't want to say he's he's a weekly easy play each week, but he's getting the volume. There's nobody touching his volume. He's getting all the goal line. He's getting passes. He's getting volume uh, in carries. So, I mean, his, his floor has become very, very safe. So I'm okay starting him in that respect. I mean, when it comes to um, Aaron Jones, I have him on my huge big day potential players i think he could finish as the top running back this week in fantasy football against this jaguars defense there is nothing on this jags defense that can basically hold us down Devonte adams is again gonna feast i heard alan lazard is close to playing i don't know if he was uh ready to play haven't seen reports yet but he is very close to return outside of that 13 points i don't see uh the jaguars competing much in green bay long travel up north for them so 
it's going to be a tough, tough showing for them this week. I'm taking Green Bay all day long. Next game we have is the Philadelphia Eagles, minus four, going to New York to face the New York football Giants. This is a game. I mean, they just met, what, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, or maybe more. Maybe it was four weeks ago. Whatever it was. It was it was a few weeks ago they met. And, I mean, it was a close showing, okay? And the difference is now is the Philadelphia Eagles are getting healthier. By the day, we have Miles Sanders returning. We have Alshon Jeffrey returning. Okay, Jeffrey so-so uh, for bringing him back. But they have their O-line returning. This is a huge bye week for them that they just got off because a lot of these guys were getting healthy. Lane Johnson, like I said, the O-line. This is The health is the most important thing for this offense. Carson Wentz has been trying his best to keep the wheels on the bus, and he's been trying too hard, and then he's been making mistakes, putting this team in bad situations. Now you got Miles Sanders back. Travis Fulgham, you guys found something in him. Jalen Reger is healthy, and now you got Alshon Jeffrey with Miles Sanders. This is glorious for me. I think we see a Philadelphia Eagles team that we all expected with their horses on the field. I think this is going to be a, a magnificent showing. Magnificent. Because of what they are able to do with their talent that they have. If they go, Alshon Jeffrey to me is an interesting one because I really don't believe he comes in and he takes Fulgham's place. I really don't. I think Fulgham and Rager are the guys that you want to you want to feed. And and with Miles Sanders, I think it's just going to be phenomenal. I love it. With the New York Giants again, I mean, how can you support this team at this point when it comes to Daniel Jones? All he does is turn this ball over. He is such an enigma. You cannot even uh, imagine when you go back and review this man's tape all the time. When he makes the throw, he's pinpoint. He's dead on. But when he's careless with the ball, when he's not reading the defense properly, it's a fumble, it's an interception, it's an overthrow, and it's so frustrating. He All he has to do is go through his progressions. He gets happy feet, and then it's a turnover. Don't like it whatsoever. Very concerning for me. Four points, the Eagles are favored. I'm definitely taking the Eagles in this one. I think it's going to be uh, uh, not an easy win, but I think the Eagles get back on track. They show the world that they are a team to be reckoned with, especially with the talent they have on this roster. But, I mean, before I move on, I still want to give a shout-out to Wayne Gallman. I think he has been playing very well the last three weeks. He's been playing against very stout, tough defenses against the run, and he's putting up good PPR points. If you need a running back and he's still on your waiver, I definitely recommend go get Wayne Gallman. He is a potential start if you're stuck, especially with injuries, COVID, and bye weeks derailing your running backs in fantasy football. We've all had this problem, man. It's been terrible. Next game I have is the L.A. Chargers taking travel to Miami to face the upstart Miami Dolphins. What the heck is going on in Miami? Miami is winning games they have no business winning right now. I can't believe what I'm watching. I mean, Tua Tagovailoa, he played very well last week. He's looked very good uh, in his first two games. First game was a little bit of getting the feet wet. Second game, he he actually uplifted, and it, I, he proved it to me. I wanted to see a better showing, and he did it. He did everything right. He was he was scrambling. The hip looked good. His his ball placement was fantastic and he was going up against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals so I mean that's no slouch of a victory that 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 Cardinals team can score with the best of them so I mean it, it, this going up against the Chargers who again how many times can the Chargers lose games last second by like less than four points Oh, it's just it, being a Chargers fan I feel for you guys because you guys are in these games you're winning 
and and you just allow these teams to come back. There's no killer instinct on this club. It's very frustrating. I mentioned to a colleague as well, I said, you know, with this team that you have, I just don't understand it. You have Hunter Henry, and you're not using him in the red zone. And this is the biggest thing. There was there was a topic on Twitter that I, I, I engaged in, and it's because they're saying that Hunter Henry is not an elite prospect, elite talent. Um, he, I guess he's past being a prospect, but he's not an elite talent anymore. I disagree with this because he has all the intangibles um, to get everything done. He's just not being targeted in the situations that would make him a top fantasy product. And this is this is what bothers me about the opinions of Hunter Henry. It's not health has always been a concern. You want to talk about that? I'm I'm in full agreement. He being staying healthy has been his biggest problem. But when you talk about Hunter Henry skill-wise, skill set-wise, he hasn't let you down. He he hasn't been bad, but now you look at it they're using second and third string tight ends in 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 LA at the for the last play of the game and it looked like he caught the ball last week against the Raiders and then he dropped it at the end and that was the game why aren't those passes going to Hunter Henry I why aren't those passes going to Keenan Allen this is all coaching Anthony Lynn needs to shore that up because that's a big problem you're in crunch time you have a quarterback now who is proving it week in week out rookie and Justin Herbert that he is a true bona fide franchise quarterback so he's not the problem. He's not missing these passes, okay? The problem is you're trying to overthink the, the opposition and you're overthinking yourself. Get back to just feeding your top talents and Hunter Henry, literally, Hunter Henry right now in fantasy football-wise is 14th in tight ends. If he has three more touchdowns, if he was targeted, six times he's been targeted in the red zone in eight weeks. That's just awful. You give him another six targets, he catches three touchdowns, he's right back up to being a top five fantasy tight end. So then where's the argument? What are we talking about, right? He is an elite prospect but or a talent. I keep saying prospect, but he is an elite talent. When it comes to Miami, they will be shorthanded this week. I saw COVID took out uh, their linebacker, Van Noy, and their defensive front, uh, Wilkins. They will not be in this contest. We saw Preston Williams go down with that injury. He will be out for a while. Matt Breida, I believe, is going to be your back this week. Uh, maybe sharing with uh, Jordan uh, um, Jordan Howard. So I mean, it's this one I don't see. I, I a lot of people want to see, and this is crazy. Miami is favored by two points. I don't see it. Okay, I get the fact that the Chargers are the team that will give this game up uh, uh, at, at the worst possible times, but they gotta they gotta finally break free from that. Uh, a negative train. They are two and six. Their season is on the line. They're going to be coming out hard in this game. The LA Chargers will be. Okay, the Dolphins, yes, they're five and three. They're building. They do look a lot better on defense. That secondary is balling, no question about it. They will have their hands full um, with Keenan Allen and company. Mike Williams is a good start this week. I really don't believe they have a guy that can match up very well. Uh, Byron Jones should be on Keenan Allen for most of the day. I mean, Xavier Howard is no slouch himself, so, I mean, we'll see. But I like Mike Williams a lot. I like the jump ball. I think he's going to be able to dominate the secondary uh, quite a bit, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a good show. Next game I have is the Buffalo Bills taking travel to Arizona. The spread has moved to favor the Cardinals by two and a half points. When I caught it, it was a pick 
Pick'em Contest. My Bills, Bills Mafia in the house. Josh Allen and company coming off that huge victory, upset victory uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. They literally took it to Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Josh Allen was sacked a whopping seven times, and they were still able to put up 44 points on the Seahawks defense. So that tells you and me how bad the Seattle Seahawks defense truly is in the secondary. It's just god-awful. They even had Jamal uh, Adams back. He was he was a force. But, I mean, going up against this Cardinals team, I mean, they got Buda Baker. They got Patrick Peterson. Um, so, I mean, there's still talent on that defense. They have been playing very well. Miami sort of gave the blueprint to Buffalo this week. And the funny thing is this, the game plan for the Bills is going to be very similar in how they attacked Russell Wilson last week. I believe they're going to attack Kyler Murray very much the same. The difference is that Kyler is that very quick, shifty quarterback that is going to run. Um, I don't believe Buffalo has an answer for that, but they're just going to have to play contain more often than not. That's how I see it. And that's kind of how they played against Russell Wilson. The <coughs> Excuse me. They 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 had the stunts. They had everything working on the defensive front. Jerry Hughes played phenomenally. But you're going to have to scheme up stuff. I think uh, uh, one of your safeties, either Poyer or Hyde, are going to have to play a lot closer on that line, which could be a problem uh, if Christian Kirk gets free. I mean, we could see a Christian Kirk deep touchdown again this week because Buffalo is going to be all over Kyler Murray and trying to, to minimize how much he runs. But, I mean, we saw it last week. I was curious, you know, would Trey White go up against DK Metcalf and see what he would do, and he played well. He played very well against DK. DK still got a, a had a big day, but I mean, it wasn't that explosive big day. It was it was the nickel and diamond, the chunk yards that got him over the hundred yards. It, it and and DK didn't score his touchdown until until basically the game was out of out of reach anyway. So I don't even count that as a touchdown against Trey at that point because I think he he just he played very well against an athletic freak like DK Metcalf. So now he's probably likely going to be going up against DeAndre Hopkins, another very difficult matchup I'm curious Trey White man everyone talks I'm talking too he is one of the top three uh, defensive backs in the entire league and you want to be known for being the top in the league you got to go up and you got to shut down top competition and DeAndre Hopkins is another one they kind of match up a little bit better than I think DK did against Trey White I think DK had the speed factor on White I think this one Hopkins isn't that speed guy so it's just going to be a, a, a dogfight between these two I think it's going to be absolutely phenomenal um, I've heard Kenya Drake is a questionable. He will be a game time start, so we'll see how that pans out. Stefan Diggs. Let's talk about Stefan Diggs for a minute. He is right now leading the NFL in receptions and yardage. Leading the NFL in receptions and yardage. So when he got traded to the Buffalo Bills, I even, I mean, as a fan, just as a straight fan, I liked the move, but I was still skeptical. I didn't realize that this would gel to this level, but it's it's the point, man. He's come to Buffalo. Buffalo is the place where, where these guys find a home. Shady didn't want to come to Buffalo. He didn't want to come. When he came to Buffalo, he saw what it was about. Then he became uh, you know, part of Bill's Mafia. Stefan Diggs is doing exactly the same thing. Josh Allen is playing lights out, man. So this is going to be another good one. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised to see the, the spread go back up and favor the Cardinals. But, I mean, I'm, I think the Bills can do this again. If they can play a very similar style and scheme that they did against the Seattle Seahawks, I think that they will have a very good showing as well. Uh, for a pick em contest, I took the Buffalo Bills for a minus three, basically, for the Cardinals. I'm still taking the Bills. I'll take those points all day long. 
Denver Broncos take travel to the Las Vegas Raiders to play the Raiders. Raiders are favored by four points. This is a big one. I mean, another divisional showing. Denver's still in this thing. I mean, they're three and five. Raiders are five and three. They're definitely still in this thing. The difference in this is, is very confusing to me is the lack of usage of Melvin Gordon the past couple weeks. I understand Philip Lindsay is back, but ever since Melvin Gordon got that DUI, it's like he's been in the uh, 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 the doghouse uh, forever now. It's like it, he can't get out. It's like the lock and key is on, and they won't let him out. I, I think this is a bad move, okay? Yeah, the guy made a mistake. I mean, find him, suspend him, and then move forward. I, I think that should have been what should have occurred. But, I mean, Drew Locke needs that support in the run game. I mean, this offensive line still isn't great. Um, we saw it against the, uh, I believe, who they play last week, the Atlanta Falcons, I believe. So, I mean, it, it, it it's a very... It's a very difficult situation to put a young quarterback in if you're not supporting him with the ground game, okay? And Lindsey has played decent, but you need the combination of the two. And, I mean, Jerry Judy had his day last week, the breakout day for Jerry Judy. He was over 20 points full PPR last week. I love to see it. I'm all for it. I think now we start to see this evolution of this offense. You know, Tim Patrick was the safety net for Drew Locke. He was taking over the Cortland Sutton role. But now you have Jerry Judy. He's starting to find his footing. He is one of the elite talents coming out of this draft at the wide receiver position. And, I mean, Okay, it takes some guys a little bit longer to figure it out, but he is elite when it comes to route running. Wait till you see this guy. If you get to see a game um, with Jerry Judy in primetime against a top competition, you will see route running spectacular glory. No question. It is unbelievable how good he is. So, I mean, for the Raiders' perspective, I mean, they're a little bit Jekyll and Hyde to me right now. I mean, they're they're passing the ball decently with Derek Carr. They found something in Nelson Aguilar. They've kind of gone away from Darren Waller from time to time. Um, Josh Jacobs is playing hurt again. His average is 3.65 per carry. I don't know. They just they seem like this team that's kind of pretending right now. Like the competition hasn't been good enough to push them, but then they, then they find ways to win. And it's just such a very difficult team to dissect at this point. I think they're very talented. I think the scheme that they have is very good. Henry Ruggs is that field burner that is limiting the stacked boxes, which is now opening Hunter Renfro, which is now opening Nelson Aguilar. Um, so, I mean, it's efficiency right now. We see this with, with Derek Carr, especially what does he have? 16 touchdowns, no or two interceptions. Excuse me. I mean, that's, that's Derek Carr. That's, that's, we haven't seen this type of efficiency from Derek Carr where he's protecting the ball that well. So it tells me, and it bodes a lot to say that, uh, coach Gruden is, is trying to make him something of a game manager with some explosive plays. Um, I don't mind Derek Carr. I like the guy. I think he's a very sound NFL quarterback, fantasy football-wise. I mean, I might look in another direction, um, especially this week as well. But, I mean, four points, I'm taking the under. I think Denver's got more than enough in this game to make it a three-point game either way. Um, I, I, I refuse to pick a winner because, I mean, these games are always so tight, always so tight in the AFC uh, uh, West. It, it's so tight. So, I mean, for, for the Broncos, I mean, they're going to be riding very hot because they're 3-5. and five. If they lose this game, their playoff hopes will definitely be dwindling as well. Uh, and, how, and what better to, to beat a divisional opponent to get up the ranks? I mean, Tim Patrick, he is a good fantasy play again for me if he plays. I think he still had the questionable tag, but I like Tim Patrick. I like Jerry Jude a lot this week. I think they do great. 
Next one we have is the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Steelers are favored by seven and a half points. That line also moved up. I think I got that at seven back on Thursday when I dropped the article. I mean, this is another one. So Pittsburgh, again, historically with Ben Roethlisberger, even with Antonio Brown and company, they always played down to their competition. It's just it's flabbergasting when you are a team that has been playing this well, so dominant on the offensive side of the ball. It, it, it baffles me how you can play down to a competition because you can't tell me it's just straight up matchup play that you uh, uh, match up that poorly against a team like the Dallas Cowboys. You can't you can't tell me that. You can't convince me of that because I think it's I think it's 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 wrong. It's a false narrative. I think that this has always been seen that the Pittsburgh Steelers, they just they play down to their level of competition, and this could be another week as well. I would not be surprised. I'm not calling it, but I will not be surprised if the Cincinnati Bengals win this contest. I won't be surprised. Okay, again, it's not a hot take. I'm not calling it because it, Pittsburgh can win this game easily, no question. Um, but but I, I would not be shocked whatsoever. Cincinnati is coming off the bye. Zach Taylor is the prodigy of uh, Sean McVay and company, so he has this team moving. They're built very similarly on the offensive side when it comes to having powerhouse of weapons at the receiver position. You have a running back. I mean, I guess Joe Mixon will not be playing. It's another uh, another missed contest for him, so that's a, that's a sidebar that's not very good, but I mean, Gio Bernard has filled in admirably. He's played very well in both the pass game. He scored some touchdowns, so I mean, this team under Joe Burrow uh, they're moving. They're moving offensively. I mean, okay, Pittsburgh's defense is very good at rushing the quarterback. TJ Watt and Bud Dupree, they will be after the Rook all day long. But you got T. Higgins. You got A.J. Green. I I, I I like this receiving core that they have. Tyler Boyd, I'm not even mentioning him. That's disrespectful. Tyler Boyd has been balling. Okay, A.J. Green has kind of taken the backseat, but he's still a weapon out there pulling coverage. I think T. Higgins goes off in this game, okay? Because you have uh, Hayden is going to be on top of uh, either Boyd or or A.J. Green. And we've seen the secondary pieces on this defensive backfield in Pittsburgh get gashed this season. Nelson has been getting cooked this season when he's going up against a, a very capable wide receiver. And T. Higgins, to me, just looks like the guy that he is going to have a very, very good day. I think that it's going to be a potential for a shootout. I mean, Joe Burrow is more than capable to keep this game very close. It just It's going to depend on turnovers. If turnovers dictate this, which we know, Mika Fitzpatrick, he can pull turnovers all the time. If the if the blitz with Watt and Dupree get there and, and Burrow fumbles, then, then yeah, that's going to be a problem. It's going to take away uh, uh, from the overall dynamics of what the Bengals could do. But when you watch how the Pittsburgh Steelers played against the Dallas Cowboys, it was awful. It was just not them. They were not themselves. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be playing hurt in this one. He has that knee problem that he took from the Dallas Cowboy game. Um, everyone says he's fine, but I think it's something to watch as well. He won't be as mobile. Um, he's, excuse me, he's not as mobile. He's not a mobile quarterback in general, but he's he's not going to be as mobile in this contest, which is which is a up for the Bengals in 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 this contest. Seven and a half points. I'm taking the under. I think that uh, even if even if Pittsburgh does have a, a very good day and they are starting to blow them out, I think Joe Burrow is going to bring them back and kill the spread late. Eight points is a little bit much for me for my liking. A lot of fantasy viability in this game. Deontay Johnson, stardom, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think you play him as well. 
well. James Conner to me is a good start um, on the on the Bengals side. Of course, uh, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are my guys this week, sprinkled with a little bit of Gio Bernard. Okay, that's that's how I see that game going. I think it's going to be a very good show. Seattle Seahawks going to L.A. to try or take on the L.A. Rams. Excuse me. The Rams are favored by two points, so Buffalo takes it to the Seattle Seahawks, and they are now the underdog this week against division rival the L.A. Rams coming off the bye week. This is a big, big game for both clubs, no question. This is a massive game, 6-2 and two Seahawks to the 5-3 and three Rams. This will do uh, wonders for the Rams in the division race if they can supplant the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson will have to get back into form. I've heard Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde are questionable to play this game. They really desperately need Chris Carson back. So you have two uh, defensive backs for the Seahawks that will not be playing, so that's trouble. Trouble for the Seahawks because Jared Goff is going to light them up this week. I truly believe it. I think Jamal Adams, again, he will be heavy presence on the line pressure and the quarterback to try to uh, stop this pass game. And, I mean, Seattle is going to be without Griffin and Dunbar. So, I mean, you're going to have a very difficult time again to stop the pass. It's going to be a a very good show. And if, if Sean McVay doesn't exploit this, I will be uh, confused. I will be shocked and confused that Sean McVay, the offensive mastermind and genius that he is, will not take it to this defensive secondary. But this Seattle offense desperately needs Chris Carson back. This is what helps them create that magnificent play from Russell Wilson. Okay. Mistakes from Russell Wilson two weeks in a row. Uncharacteristic mistakes from Russell Wilson two weeks in a row. Cardinals game, he threw interceptions. Buffalo game, threw interceptions, had a fumble. This is not what Russell Wilson does, but now you have the the uh, potential MVP in this league this year. Now he feels like he has to put this team on his back because the defense isn't playing up to par and he doesn't have the support of his run game. DJ Dallas has played okay, but it's not Chris Carson. You put Chris Carson in that game, now the relief the relief valve is there. Now the teams have to fear the run game. Okay, whether it be through the air in a in a, a PPR format where Carson's getting catches from the backfield or when Carson's just running up the gut, man, and he's pulling it, they can open up the play action pass. They can they can make create those mismatches with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. This is what this offense is predicated upon. When Chris Carson isn't there, the run game isn't thriving, then we see Russell Wilson struggle a little bit. It, it's it's totally clear in my mind. Okay, but when we have a two-point spread favoring the LA Rams, I'm curious only because it's coming off the bye. That's when I'll see in favor of that because I truly believe that Sean McVay is that creative. He will come up with a beautiful game plan against this defense. I do like Daryl Henderson this week. I think uh, this this backfield is going to be murky, man. I mean, until he's going to ride the hot hand, uh, Coach McVay will. I mean, you have Cam Akers. You have Malcolm Brown. Who Malcolm Brown, to me, is that guy that when you, you're going up against a very tough defensive front, I think that's when he actually plays. Outside of that, Daryl Henderson has played extremely well. They're going to want to get Akers in uh, as the season progresses. That, that I truly believe. But this is a tough one. This is a tough, tough pick for me. I still went with Seattle. I think because two-point spread, I took the under. Even if the Rams win by one, I'm still picking Seattle to win this game. I mean, only because I don't see them losing back-to-back weeks. I just don't see it. Russell Wilson is too damn good. This offense is very strong. This could be a monumental shootout 
uh, uh, in LA. I think it's going to be a fabulous showing, unbelievable game on the horizon. Next one I have is the San Francisco 49ers, the injury-rattled San Francisco 49ers. You almost feel bad for them taking on the New Orleans Saints. In New Orleans, Saints are favored by nine points. They got Michael Thomas back. They looked so much better last week. They took down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady to the tune of 38-3, to I believe. And, I mean, it, was, it wasn't even close. Turnovers, stoppages, uh, three and outs. I mean, it was just all levels of play. Michael Thomas, he came back. It was nice to see him again. This offense will start to roll now. This is what we wanted to see from the New Orleans Saints. This is what I wanted to see from the New Orleans Saints. I picked them to be... Uh, one of my top Super Bowl contenders at the start of the season because of the balance on this roster on both sides of the ball. When you look at this team on paper, they are legit loaded on every aspect of this team. Now they have injuries, uh, or sorry, they have Michael Thomas coming back from an injury, which now is going to uplift this offense even more. Alvin Kamara continues to be that guy who is just just beasting and and leading the league in all-purpose yards you can't stop this guy right now and drew Brees going to go up against this 49ers club who was just killed last week as well because they don't have anybody left really playing nick mullins he'll try he'll attempt to do stuff i mean Coach Shanahan has mentioned that uh, Jarek McKinnon is going to be used a lot this week. And, I mean, I could see it, but will it really do anything? You have no George Kittle. Debo Samuel's still out. Brandon Ayuk does return. You did get a little bit of a, a, a nice gift in Richie James last week as he performed very well. But I just don't see it. I mean, the defensive side, you are injured as well. You just won't have the horses to keep up with a team like the New Orleans Saints. Nine points, I took the Saints. I definitely took the Saints at home, um, coming off a big victory. They need the wins to continue to lead this division. I, I see it. I mean, it's it's going to be a very tough road for the San Francisco 49ers. And, I mean, that's going to drop them to 4-6 and six if they lose this game, and their playoff potential is is slowly dwindling. And this is for a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. And and you can't blame it. You, you, you truly can't blame it on the 49ers because it's just injuries totally took away your team. Okay? You feel bad. But it's going to be a, a change of the guard. If they lose this game, I can definitely see them going 7-9 and nine, um, this season, even if people do return. It's going to be tough road, tough sledding, and if they do, then they're going to have an overhaul at the quarterback position. You're going to see changeover on the offensive side of the ball, um, add additions to the defense, and then they're right back in it into the playoff race. They need a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't it. Nick Mullins isn't it. I've said this last week as well. So the Saints are going to t- handle them very easily, in my opinion. I think Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, even Emmanuel Sanders could have a good, very good day. If, if from the 49ers' perspective, I want to see Richie James again. I really do. If Richie James is a thing, and I've been a Richie James fan, his problem is, is drop passes. Um, if he can figure that out, I think that he is a very solid player and he should be integrated into this Shanahan system and he will perform very well. Sunday Night Football brings us the Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots. I have no understanding to why the league did not flex this game out of here. New England is not the same team. Cam Newton, just not the same guy. I mean, the the the, the story coming into the season, and I, and I was with it because I saw all the hype videos coming from Cam Newton. I was in great support of Cam. I thought he was healthy. I think he, he looked built. He looked ready to go. He had the fire. He had the passion. All of the ingredients you wanted to see on the menu to put it on the field and carry a club and show everyone that they had uh, made a mistake. Okay? 
We haven't seen this from Cam really outside of the first two weeks of the season. We haven't seen it whatsoever. He's been benched multiple times. Um, there, his his passing. Okay, and 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 again, the point is is that he doesn't have the weapons to uh, uh, support the pass game at this point. I get it, okay? When you're throwing at Jacoby Myers like a, a thousand times a day, I completely understand. No Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry hasn't panned out, but you're not really using James White like I thought you would. I really believe that it would have been like the Christian McCaffrey role. I thought Belichick would have seen enough to do that role. Hasn't really happened, okay? Your run game has been stagnant at best. You've had opportunities, but it hasn't been great. Overall, the entire offense of the New England Patriots is subpar, and Cam Newton is to blame as well. Okay, He's not playing well. That throwing motion at times is still broken. It's still broken. You can see, if you want to watch, it, it, from early days of Cam to now, he cocks that shoulder back, and it, it's like it, 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 the motion is completely altered and changed to... Uh, assist in pain tolerance, I, I want to say, or it's the reconstruction that, <coughs> excuse me, or it's the reconstruction that has altered that as well. So for my appetite, I mean, I don't know why this game's on on Sunday Night Football. I mean, the, the Baltimore Ravens are traveling to New England and the Ravens are favored at seven points. When have we seen anybody favored in New England by a touchdown? It's been many, many years. But the Baltimore Ravens have their problems of their own, okay? we I saw uh, Lamar Jackson. He went on a show, and he was actually stating uh, the question was, what's going on with the pass game this season? What's going on with the offense this season? And he, he readily admitted to the host, I believe it was the Rich Eisen show, and he, he readily admitted and said um, that he is hearing the opposing defense calling their plays out when they are at the line. This tells me a lot because we all know I'm a huge guy on tape, okay? I'm huge on tape. Once you watch the tape on a team, you can easily figure them out. And clearly, um, the offensive coordinator in Baltimore, Coach John Harbaugh, they have not adjusted. They're trying to make Lamar Jackson a passing quarterback. They don't have the weapons offensively to do that. Look, Mark Andrews is having a terrible season by the standard that we know. That we know that he said himself with Lamar, he is not having that same season because they understand what the what the game was. They're not running the ball enough either. So here's the thing: I, I need to actually dive in myself to understand exactly what's going on. But from the eye test, when I watch these games, it's clear they've been figured out. And when Lamar Jackson is telling uh, uh, Rich Eisen that they've been figured out, that's a big problem for this offense. Okay, right now they are thirty first. In the NFL, 31st in passing yards. I, I'll, I'll let that sink in if you didn't know that. Lamar Jackson is 31st in the NFL in passing. Okay, this is a big problem. And and can they fix it? Sure. I, I, I believe Lamar Jackson has enough talent that he can he can make better plays and lift himself back into the top 20 and being a passer this season from where we are in week 10. But it's going to take a lot. You got to you got to reinstall a lot of plays in this in this system in this playbook to to manufacture passing yards. Okay, it's going to be a tough sled, tough sled. But in a game like this, I mean, defense is the name of the game, and I Baltimore's defense is bar none uh, elite. 
top in the league. They have ballers on all fronts on that line, uh, on the linebacking core, in the secondary. I, I love this defense uh, wholeheartedly. I think if 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 the Ravens will challenge for a Super Bowl, it's going to come at the hand of this of this defense, hundred percent. I think Lamar Jackson and company, they need to get back to the ground game. They need to get back to the play-action pass, and they need to just open up this offense like they did last season, but do it in a more creative way because it is true you have been figured out. That's a concern. That's a concern. But, I mean, outside of that, I think we see them get right a little bit against this this Patriots defense. I think that it will be a good game for them, and, and they desperately need a get-right game. That is for sure. Monday Night Football to finish off Week 10. We have the Minnesota Vikings, the surging Minnesota Vikings. They're winning now off the back of Dalvin Cook. They are favored by three points going into Chicago to face the Bears. I don't like this game for the spread perspective. This was one of the hardest games that I had to evaluate. I looked at all the numbers, looked at all the matchups, and I really struggled to pick a winner. I really did. Three points for the Vikings. I can't remember what I did. I think I took no I didn't take this game I took the under I believe that this game could be a one or two point contest as well if not a Chicago victory only because the Chicago Bears defensive front will have to lock down Dalvin Cook if that happens I'm banking on this to happen um, because I don't believe Kirk Cousins can beat this secondary uh, without Dalvin Cook's running ability I really don't Dalvin Cook has been on a tear Madden-esque numbers over what 470 yards six touchdowns in the last two games i mean this guy's not human right now he's playing like a machine like a robot and they're gonna ride him again they definitely will it's come at the expense of the wide receiver so fantasy football wise justin jefferson for me is a sit it's a cautionary sit not a must sit but i mean adam thielen has also been feeling it as well uh i could see more quick throws to adam thielen than i can the deep shots to justin jefferson this week um if that run game doesn't get going i think that the Bears can easily stifle this uh, uh, Minnesota offense um, this week. Uh, they are not over the moon good offensively, um, for lack of a better term. But, I mean, the, the Chicago Bears, they will offensively themselves are not that good either. So, I mean, this could be a 16-13 game, uh, 20-17 game easily. No, no question I could see that. David Montgomery is not suiting up in this contest. He has a concussion. That is something to watch. Nick Foles is going to have to play better than what he has been playing. I mean, no explosiveness in this plays. I mean, Allen Robinson is your guy. Why aren't you force-feeding this? 86 targets, 57 receptions, 712 yards. I mean, just force-feed the man no matter what. I mean, we know the Minnesota secondary isn't uh, uh, scary, isn't dominating this season at all. So why aren't you just force-feeding Allen Robinson in games like this all day long? I heard Coach Matt Nagy thankfully is giving up play calling duties. He's given it to the offensive coordinator. I think that is a smart move. Smart move. If you're a head coach, I mean, yes, okay, some guys can do it. Sean McVay can do it. Andy Reid can do it. But, I mean, if you're struggling to uh, coach the entire team and the game and the in-game management and call the plays, it takes a it takes a very big man to give up play calling, especially when he's the offensive guy for this team. He will obviously have his say, but I think it's very smart, very intelligent on on Coach Nagy's side. Shows great leadership that he can actually take a step back and evaluate himself and say, you know what, maybe I am part of the problem and I need to step away and be just the overseer of this entire offense while you call the shots, call the plays. I can't remember who their OC is right now, but I mean, I, I love it. I think that move is absolutely 
absolutely fantastic. I think it's going to help them uh, tremendously. Um, and, and like I said, the statistics are there. I mean, Minnesota's offense is moving in the right direction. They're third in the league in rushing yards. No, no uh, real surprise there. But again, you have uh, the Bears defense, who is ninth in total yards. So it's going to be a decent show. I, I think it's going to be a hard-nosed fight. I think that uh, either team can pull this away, but I'm, I'm my money's going on the Bears. I think this defense is just too strong for this offense in Minnesota. I think they will have a very strong day, and they will make uh, um, the Vikings pay. I think that's what it will. So that is week 10, man. I mean, it's good. Fantasy football playoffs are on the horizon. I believe with this week we have four weeks left until the fantasy postseason. Don't ever give up, man. That is what I am telling all my listeners, all my followers who ask it. They're saying, you know, I'm done. Never give up. There's always a shot to win. I mean, granted, if you haven't won a game, that's a different story. But if you are hovering around that that four wins, three wins, you're still alive. Still alive. Never give up. Never say die. And and this is our mantra. And, of course, you know, the offseason will come around. So we're here. No offseason for us. We're here for the NFL postseason. Uh, we still got lots of football left. I mean, the, the regular season. We still have, what, seven, eight weeks left, so it's going to be great. I can't wait. So, I mean, on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF1. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF Underground. Give it a follow, that's for sure. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. And until next time, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. I'm out.